Hello and welcome back for episode 29 of the Newbie Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azami. In this episode, I sat down with Dr. Ivan Chichon, the implant ninja himself. Uh, Dr. Chichon is a surgical prosthodontist who completed his training at the prestigious University of Michigan. Um, I really have a lot of respect for Ivan uh, after this chat. Uh, he's such a family man. He's an outstanding clinician and he's a straight up hustler, which I love. Um, Ivan keeps busy running his practice and is very active in the clinical implant education space. Uh, he has authored the All on X Handbook, uh, runs courses for dentists, uh, hands-on courses for dentists, um, and is about to release his highly anticipated online implant ninja course, which uh, I think is set to come out on September the 6th. In this interview, we talk about his journey through dental school um, and prosthodontics residency and the adventures he went through um, to get into these programs and get through these programs. Um, We also talk about his practice, um, his average week, um, and we do a deep dive into clinical implantology as we do on this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys get as much value from this interview as I did. Um, Ivan is a very honest and uh, well-spoken guy, and he he touches on a lot of uh, very important points, like thinking outside the box um, and doing things your own way to avoid the clutter and the rat race that everyone else has kind of fallen into. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. I'm also excited to announce a collaboration between the Newbie Dentist podcast and the Implant Ninja online training course. I will be experiencing and completing the course over the next few weeks and sharing my experiences along the way with you guys uh, just to give you some insight into what the course is like and what it entails. Um, I started the course a few days ago and it is quite impressive. Everything's broken down into categories, very short and concise Uh, actionable videos and high yield points that um, Ivan and all the guest lecturers touch on. Um, And I like the workflow. I think it's quite easy to follow and it kind of, you know, walks you through implants from A to Z. So watch my Instagram page. Uh, Keep uh, listening to the podcast for updates. The course is available on September the 6th. So be sure to check it out. School.implantninja.com. It's in the show notes. Uh, I think it's a great way if you're interested in implants to kind of get started. As always, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and have enjoyed the episode or the previous episodes, I do love to hear back from you guys. So reach out to me on Instagram at newbie dentist. Um, it's always great to connect with different dentists from around the world and talk about what they're up to in their day-to-day clinical practice. Um, the podcast is available pretty much everywhere now, Spotify, YouTube, uh, on my website at newbiedentist.com, as well as the uh, you know podcast app on iPhone and the Stitcher app on Android. So without further ado, guys, I've kept you long enough. Please enjoy the episode. Dentist Podcast, the safe place for newbie dentists to connect, collaborate, learn, and grow. The Newbie Dentist Podcast aims to provide high-quality and high-value content for all the newbie dentists out there. With your host, Dr. Omerizami. So I'm here with uh, Dr. Ivan Chikchon. Uh, at Implant Ninja on Instagram. He's graciously offered to uh, sit down with me for an hour here and talk some implants and talk about his journey and sort of all the side hustles that he's got going on. And hopefully I'll try and get some practical clinical advice from him as well for all the the new grads out there. Uh, So Ivan, if you don't mind, uh, how I normally start these things off is uh, just kind of a bit of an origin story. So if you can take me back, um, sort of like why dentistry, why you went to dental school, and then sort of the thought process of um, why specializing, why pros, and then and then we'll get into why surgical process and implants and all that down the line as well. That's like, that's a long story, man. <laughs> sure. You want to hear that? Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, 
All right, yeah, that's, um, sounds good. So both of my parents are dentists. So yeah. I was born, I was born in Peru. Nice. Um, and so my parents were de- went to dental school out there, and they moved over here, and um, they moved to Florida. And when I moved with them, I was two years old, and I saw them really like really hustling, really, uh, they were doing crazy stuff. Like my dad worked in construction, my mom cleaned houses. And on the weekends, me my mom and my dad would go and stack uh, newspapers. Yeah. So we would actually make little bundles of newspaper, put, uh, you know, rubber bands around them. And they paid like a cent for each newspaper. I don't know, something yeah. crazy. Like but, <laughs> I did that too in like elementary school. I was like my first job I was a newspaper delivery boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, so we wouldn't actually deliver. We just kind of stacked them. Yeah. I made the stacks and somebody else delivered them. Uh, but I don't think I was any help. I, I, I just messed up their workflow and knocked over <laughs> their stacks. So I got pissed off because I didn't want to be there on like a Saturday or something. Yeah. And so I just kind of watched my parents. Uh, my parents were always, um, you know, uh, hardworking, you know, immigrant kind of like mindset. Yeah. And so um, they opened up their own clinic. You know, they got they got licensed. They opened up their own clinic. And um, I've always kind of like looked up to them. Um, but when I was in college, I didn't want to do dentistry, right? I didn't want, I didn't want to be a dentist. That, that wasn't my thing. I yeah. wanted to do something else. <laughs> and so um, instead, I wanted to be a financial analyst. Okay. Like I wanted to manage uh, stock portfolios. Yeah. And so I worked uh, at a private wealth management firm uh, up in Sacramento. And I liked it, but I don't think it was necessarily for me. I wanted more... Uh, person to person interaction yeah. and like doing stuff. I like love doing things with my hands and I, I have to be doing something. And so I decided, uh, you know, my parents seem happy. Uh, at some point they need somebody to take over the business. And so I just you know, applied to dental school. Um, luckily I had already taken all my prereqs for that. Yeah. So you planned ahead a little bit. I planned ahead. I was like, I'm just going to take the sciences because like, you know, you can go into optometry, pharmacy, dental, medicine, like whatever. I might as well just take the sciences. Yeah. And, uh, but I got my degree in economics. Okay, cool. Cause I, I like that. Yeah. So how long did it take for your parents? Like from the time you got to the States to kind of get all the exams, did they have to go to school, I guess, for like a couple of years to get like their license, uh, done and all that. Right. Right. So no, they, um, they went to Florida and they took back then there was something called the bench exam. And okay. so they took their bench exam. They had to like, you know, set teeth. I forget what they had to do. Maybe some fillings. And they were able to actually skip the, the licensing. Nice. Uh, That's huge. Skip the additional schooling. And they actually moved to California because California was one of the last states to allow an internationally trained dentist to get their license uh, without going to an IDS program. That's perfect. So it worked out. Yeah, so yeah, that's how we ended up over here. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, okay. And so, it was, it was, what's up? Uh, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, you start dental school. Which uh, dental school did you go to? UOP in San Francisco. Okay. Nice. So, there's a lot of you guys. I think you're like the third or fourth guest I've had on the show that's, that's gone to that. So, that's a three year program, right? So, it's a little bit shorter, more condensed. So, what, uh, what year did you graduate from, uh, University of Pacific from? I graduated in 13, in 2013. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I did like it. I did. But honestly, like probably like a lot of your listeners too, um, I'm a little just, I don't know how to say it. I'm a little, uh, I wouldn't say regretful is the right word or, or, or resentful, but like the tuition, man, that tuition, it's, big, it's huh? crazy. And it's, it's something that, you know, you don't give too much thought of, into it. Like if you're, when you're applying to dental school, you know, you're studying, you're working so hard. And then like 
the, and when you're in the final step, the final roadblock is just paying tuition yeah. and you're like, I'm so far, I might as well pay. Right. <laughs> and, and it's almost like they got you already. And I didn't really think about it until I graduated. And then yeah. I felt the weight of that loan. Like that's a lot. Yeah. It's heavy, man. It's really heavy. And I think it's, I honestly think it's kind of unreasonable, but it's supply and demand, you know, uh, that's just, you know, how bad people, <clears throat> people want to become dentists. Yeah. But, uh, that kind of weighs heavily on me, right? For sure. And uh, so when you graduated, um, obviously like having the big student loans and everything, how long did you work for a period of time before going back into specializing or did you kind of go straight away or how did that work out? No, man. So I, I already knew um, when like, I was in my last year of, of dental school and um, I really liked like the, um, we had like a specialized clinic there, uh, complex, I think it was like complex care or something like that. Yeah. Uh, where you got to see like the all on four hybrids, you got to see a bunch nice. of like weird stuff that you needed to use like an automage and plan, uh, plan your surgeries and all that stuff. We weren't doing the surgeries, but uh, we would plan the cases and we would pitch them in front of this panel. Uh, it's a bunch of like, you know, really, really, really uh, high up there guys. There's like Dr. Bedrosian, Dr. Sadowski, yeah. uh, a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of really, really, uh, well-known people and they're you're basically presenting your treatment plan to them yeah and i would say like 75 percent of the people that did that that like present their cases they would just get super chewed out <laughs> like you don't know what you're talking about you didn't plan yeah. this <laughs> it was straight up embarrassing yeah but that would have been I, me for sure <laughs> so I, i've always loved like uh presenting like i've always like um i was really nervous about it before but now yeah. basically anytime i get a chance to speak in front of people i do just because uh, it helps me yeah. Right. So um, I would I would be there every single Monday evening. Uh, it was an evening thing, like seven o'clock or something. I would be there every single Monday evening and I would listen. I take notes and I I think I presented there more often than anybody else. And um, I I'd like to think that I did pretty well. Yeah. And so that really pumped me up for implants. And so I decided I'm going to apply to PROS uh, because I want to I want to do implants specifically, like start to finish. Yeah. And so actually, so with, uh, uh, with, the, with implants, obviously, you know, there's the prosthodontists that place them. There's oral surgeons that place them, periodontists that place them. Why, why PROS? Like, did you, is it because like you said, you wanted to be the one restoring it as well? Like, that's what you wanted to have that total control, like start to finish. Um, is that sort of like what played into your mindset, choosing PROS over the other specialties? Um, yeah, I wanted to be able to take the, the case from beginning to end. And yeah. that's, that's about it. I think oral surgery is a, a, a wonderful specialty. I think it's super interesting. Um, perio now it's another, like looking back, like there's a lot of things about other specialties that I liked. Yeah. Um, I personally think that I picked the right one for myself, uh, for my, for the lifestyle and practice style that I wanted to have. Yeah. So you mentioned obviously the student loans and before we get into why pros and implants and everything, I just wanted like your opinion on this. Cause I know it's something that a lot of people are questioning or kind of struggling with that decision. Like you graduate from dental school, you got, you know, 300, 400, whatever thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars of loan. I think, I think UOP right now is just $400,000 straight tuition. Yeah. Yeah. So, Not expenses. yeah. so you, you finish up with like half a million dollars in debt um, you can start working as an associate and, you know, start making like a hundred, 150 something thousand dollars to start and kind of go from there. So you start paying it back or you have the option of like maybe going back to school and getting into more debt to specialize. Um, obviously the payout's going to be maybe higher in the end once you get there and, and you can kind of, uh, multiply your income a little bit over what a general dentist would make. But tell me about that uh, thought process for you, um, in terms of like the finances and how do, how you made that work, 
um, in that decision to specialize. Yeah. So my, um, when I was, I was planning on graduating and becoming a general dentist. That's what I had told my wife, uh, <laughs> who was engaged to me during dental school. Yeah. And it was like in my last year of dental school, I was in my last semester of it or something. I was like, no, I'm going to specialize. Yeah. Uh, I really got to do this. Um, I, I wanted to make sure that I'm doing something that I'm going to be happy doing uh, yeah. for a long time. It was scary. You know, I don't, it's scary to, to commit to doing something that you don't like for that long. Yeah. And so, and so that, that's when I made my decision that I'm going to do it. And I talked to some of my, uh, some of my instructors, some, some of my advisors, and they're like, you know what, just do a GPR first, do a GPR, AGD. So like do like one year extra training just to figure stuff out. Yeah. Um, but I was really dead set on implants and it was going to be, that's what I wanted to learn. And I didn't want to spend a year, uh, delaying it basically. Cause I see that as a year delayed income. Yeah. I see that as a year of, you know, half the time I'm doing stuff that I don't want to do. And so I was like, forget it. I'm not doing that. I'm not yeah. listening to you know what everyone tells me. I'm going to try to do this like right now. Um, because if you, put things off like that, chances are you get busy with life. You have a kid. It's hard to go then, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you have a kid, things change, man. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so I was like, I better do this right now get it out of the way. Yeah. And so, um, I decided I, I, I called around different programs and figured out which ones were the best for uh, getting the most experience with implants. And so I ended up just applying to two schools, UCSF and, um, and um, University of Michigan, UCSF, they, at the time they placed one implant. And so I applied to it because of convenience, you know, it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's an hour and a half from home. Yeah, it's local. Yeah. But um, I, I was hoping to get into Michigan. And so the way that it worked out was I, I submitted my application and I didn't hear back. I didn't hear back. I was just kind of sitting around like, yeah. you know, I was hoping I'd get a call or a letter. I was twiddling my thumbs and um, no calls back, right? And so, you know, that's nerve-wracking. You know, if you if you want to get into a program, you're waiting for your letter. Yeah. And so, what I did was, I, I actually didn't wait. I actually just bought my uh, airline my airline ticket. I went to the program. I said, "Hey guys, I'm Ivan. I applied. I was hoping I could just hang out for a week." Uh, and they were like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Um, and the, I guess I guess then they went to go dig my application out of the pile. That's awesome, man. I can't just. <laughs> and, and so I just kind of like, I've always tried to like, um, learn, uh, how to, how to communicate with the, with admissions officers, you know, yeah. try to impress them a little bit. Yeah. So I would, you know, just shoot the breeze, talk about implant stuff, you know, impress them with my, uh, with my know-how about planning all on four cases because I'd done my research beforehand. Yeah. And so they're like, Oh wow, this guy has some pretty good training uh, for just dental school. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just tried to be nice. I, I got them uh, like a cake on my last day. <laughs> thank them. Um, try to be, you know, try to be memorable. That's awesome, man. And, and so, how so, long after you did that week did you kind of hear back for interviews and and all that? Oh, oh, they actually interviewed me on my second to last day there. They're like, "You're here, so we might as well interview you." That's sick. And so, so you I got little bit into existence. You, like you applied, you didn't hear back. You're like, "I'm just gonna go out there and kind of make this happen." See that that's the way to do it, man. And even yeah. in life, like. Um, Everyone uh, thinks you got to follow like the protocol or like the like implied rules, but like everyone's doing that. So like, for example, with Michigan, like everyone just applied their, uh, sent in their application and waited. Yeah. You know, I think very few people probably just showed up. (laughs) And so by doing like 
something weird by like bending the rule a little bit, like yeah. you know, like set yourself apart. And that's just what you got to do, man. Yeah. So and, and like, I don't know, I don't want to get maybe too specific with it, but like, were you, did you consider yourself a strong applicant either way? Um, or did you think you had to do something like this to kind of rise above like other uh, people? Uh, no, I wouldn't say I was an especially good applicant. I was just like average, um, nothing really too special about me. Um, I was kind of focused on other things during dental school. I actually, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I think the worst advice I got in dental school, it was my, um, it was the first day orientation. Yeah. One of the instructors was like, said the words, C's get degrees. <laughs> and I was like, damn, you're right. <laughs> These do get degrees. Yeah. And so actually, while I was in dental school, the whole time I was just doing what I could do with my classes just to yeah. like learn stuff and get by. Uh, but the whole time, I always got something on the side that I'm doing. Yeah. It's just fun. It's just me. Um, I was I was doing research in tissue engineering like for fun. I wasn't really planning on doing anything with it. Yeah. I was I was learning. I was teaching myself 3D modeling on um, really old. 3D planning. Um, I forgot what it's called. It's called, it's called a Mira, I think. But anyway, I was working with, there's a guy in our, in our dental school. He was a pilot, he was an archeologist nice. and he was, he was basically taking cone beams on like fossils underground. <laughs> and so I was just learning stuff from him. That was super cool. I, I learned yeah. 3D modeling from him and I was trying to start a side business, um, during dental school as well. So I don't know. I'm, I just like, doing weird stuff yeah. and that was my focus i think that's like the the immigrant hustle we have like you got to do something <laughs> right like you're, you're brought up in that environment so you got to kind of keep it going that's yeah awesome. I'm, I'm yeah I'm, I'm not i get fidgety if i'm just doing what everybody else is doing yeah so talk to me a little bit before we kind of move on um about the residency that you went through uh obviously traditional prosthodontics is something that you know we look at like, like dentures and like preps and um, and then I see you guys, um, like I heard initially, I heard about you and, um, uh, Dr. Sonata, um, on the millennial dentist podcast. And you guys are just like blew yeah. my mind. Like, I was like, man, these guys are like crazy, like placing implants, like surgery. Like, so did you know that was a possibility within prosthodontics uh, as a specialty when you got into it? Or is that something that kind of evolved while you're in Michigan and, and you saw like the surgical potential of it? I think, well, dentistry is really unique in that you can do a lot of things, you know? Yeah. Your dental degree allows you to do a lot of things. Whether you're going to be sued for that or not is another matter. <laughs> you got to yeah. like practice and try not to get sued. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I think that, I mean, this is kind of controversial. I probably shouldn't say it, but like, I think you can learn to become a dentist by doing like, um, what do you call it? But, oh, by doing like an apprenticeship. Yeah. Right. Like if you like follow a dentist, you see what they're doing. They train you. You can learn to be a dentist. Honestly, it's not yeah. rocket science. Yeah. Right? Like it's very mechanical and strategic and artistic and you can learn that. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, you just, you're, you get good at what you do often. And if you have aptitude for it. So I was like, I just have to go somewhere and be in an environment where I can get a lot of exposure to this. It doesn't matter if it's oral surgery or perio uh, yeah. or pros it, from my perspective for simple implant cases. Mm -hmm. And so I just picked the place that would get me the most exposure to implants. Okay. So you had a good program. And so when did you finish that up? Uh, what year did you finish up your residency? 2016. 2016. So you've done all this sort of, where you are now in a couple of years, that's pretty impressive. Um, so I want to kind of get 
fast forward a little bit now to your present state and what you're up to. Um, I know you've got your own practice. Uh, I know you got your sort of Instagram account with the Implant Ninja. You got the all in X book. Uh, you're doing courses I see like online or in person, like all these things. So um, can you just break down like what your average week is like right now? My average week? Yeah, sure. Um, so when I first started my practice, uh, I was uh, kind of slow, right? Working yeah. maybe like one day a week. Then I started two days a week. And the way I was able to do that was I was renting space. I was paying yeah. $1,500 a month for renting like for two days a week. Uh, and I slowly built up, right? So now yeah. um, I'm still clinically, I still do surgeries on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. And on Mondays, I'll do my consultations, follow-ups, and restorative or something like that. Um, but when you're when you have employees, you have to work at being a manager too. Yeah. And um, and I don't have like a conventional practice because a lot of our um, our day-to-day efforts are aimed at online stuff. We're actually shifting to where I think like half of our production will be from online stuff. Uh, that's that's the goal. Yeah. And so. Um, so I'm actually trying to, I'm trying, I'm wearing multiple hats, but I'm trying to delegate a lot too. So we have a new, we have an associate that's starting with us tomorrow, uh, Nabil Kaji. He's, he's awesome. He's a Stockton native too. He's got, he's got an Instagram account. You guys oh, should does he? What's Kaji. his uh, Instagram? I think it's Dr. Kaji, D-R-C-A-G-E. Okay. Um, we'll put that in the show notes after if you want to send that to me. <laughs> sure. Um, so you said online, uh, can you articulate on that a little bit, what that means, like trying to get production, like most of your production online? Sure. Um, so working as, as a dental practice is rewarding for me if I'm doing dental implants because I like that. Yeah. But if I'm doing a bunch of stuff, so I'm actually limited to dental implants, so I don't do anything except for implant-related stuff. Yeah. Um, what I think goes hand in hand with that is uh, teaching dental implant stuff. Yeah. And so every one of my surgeries, I'm recording it, every single one in like really high quality video. Nice. And uh, I'm taking pictures and I, I'm trying to put a little system in place to where we can kind of catalog those pictures and save them and uh, for like teaching purposes. Yeah. So all these stuff, I'm trying to make teaching content uh, around dental implantology. And so that's that's where all the, all the online effort is is uh, in books in the online course that's coming up. So we're releasing an online course in a month oh, and nice. I'm just like busting my ass to try to, to try to finish all the stuff that's involved with that. Yeah. And uh, not only that, like promoting it. So that's like another aspect of it. It's, it's a like lot of work. Yeah. Freaking, like, full-time job promoting the course. And so now we got a pretty good team. I think, I think we got a really solid team that can do all those things. And um, so with the online one, I mean, that's an interesting space. Um, you know, as a new grad, a lot of us, like I said, I told you earlier in the pre-interview a little bit, like I was working like every day pretty much. So it's hard to take time off work, like travel somewhere, be somewhere for like a week or over the weekend to do a course. So the online uh, CE space is like really interesting and, and useful, I think. Um, so what's the, what's like, how, how many hours is it going to be? Is it like a schedule, like, um, how do you, like a sequence thing where you can kind of go implant start to finish or what's the goal of the course that you're offering? Is it more for advanced sure. or is it good for like beginners as well? No, it's beginners. It's basically implants 101. So for anybody that's watching, I guess I yeah. got it on my app right here. So it's like a scrolled. So it is really organized and and yeah. like oh, it's not. But here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, it's basically implants 101 uh, with the goal of taking someone who's new to dental implants to place to start placing single implants. 
um, like posterior molar sites. Uh, but I, I cover uh, a lot of things actually, like including like how to sell your implant cases, nice. uh, how to yeah. set up, what instruments to get, uh, like you know the introduction to different in, different uh, implant systems, and I guess it's it's interesting that you're asking about how many hours the the course is. There's some like perception that the more hours, the better. But honestly, like the most valuable like resource that I have is my time. Yeah. So for me, the less time I commit to something, the better. Like yeah. I don't want to spend like there's a lot of courses out there that I see they're like 200 hours, <laughs> like as if I'm going to watch 200 hours of your stuff. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. No, I, swear, I did the um like I started last year. I did the uh, dental XP. I'm still trying to get through it. The dental XP like implant fellowship. Um, and it's like 300 hours, man. I'm like, I don't know how, like, I can't. Like, it's like, it's like a full time job. Like, I gotta sit down and like watch like four or five hours a day. Like, I just can't. I don't have enough time to yeah. do it. And so, I, so, yeah, go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, I was saying with that course, I found. I mean, it's very comprehensive. Like, they've done a good job in that. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about it. Um, no, but it's it's not like for someone like me who's like a new like grad, um, and I'm not like an expert. I feel like maybe that course would have been more useful like in four or five years when I'm already placed like a hundred implants and I'm now like worried about fine tuning or getting more advanced. Um, whereas it's not very clinically applicable, like for a beginner, I think. So I think maybe your course uh, will definitely fill that space a lot better. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you how I think that this course should be used. It's, it's, I, in my opinion, it's comprehensive. So for someone who's learning, they can find out everything they need to learn about the clinical steps here. Yeah. Um, but one way that I think it'd be really useful is that it's really organized in such a way that you can scroll through the content, click on the specific video of like, uh, okay, how to change your implant angulation during the middle of a surgery. You just click on it and watch the four minute video, four minutes, you know, on, on how to do it, what tools and how to do it. Uh, you can scroll through and find the like five minute video on, uh, on starting your implant osteotomy or like, you know, little things like that. So it's ser- very searchable. Yeah, uh, you're going to watch a one-hour lecture on uh, changing your implant. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. this is not valuable. Uh, it has to be easily referenced. And yeah. so I, I do show like clinical videos as well with like kind of narratives. But uh, but anyway, I, I'm just trying. I'm really uh, focused on making things practical. Yeah, that's all. I think that's. I mean, I can appreciate how much work you've put into that. So I'm excited to. Uh, I'll definitely check it out because, and that's something that I want to talk with you a little bit today was. Uh, for someone in my position, um, you know, I'm doing a lot of like extractions, like wisdom teeth, surgical extractions, but I haven't like placed an implant or anything yet. Cause for one reason, like in Canada, um, there's a little bit tighter, like regulations in terms of there's like X amount of hours of like continuing education you got to do to like place, um, certain number of hours you got to do to restore. Um, so you can't kind of just jump in and do it. But I think in Australia and in the U S it's a little bit, a little bit more, uh, lenient in that regard. So you can kind of take a course and then kind of get in there and do it at least. So for someone who's starting out from scratch now, maybe to have a bit of like background understanding into the basics, what's the sort of sequence or pathway that you recommend that like I go from not replacing implants to start placing some implants? Like what's the general things that I need to be careful of or, or do and be ready for? Yeah. So there's a couple different ways you can do it, right? You can yeah. do like the, um, the MacGyver, like jump into it and figure stuff out. And if shit happens, <laughs> then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't do it that way. <laughs> yeah. But I know a lot of people do, you know, they take a weekend course and just freaking do it. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Right. You, you sh- I think you should be a little bit more methodical. Yeah. Um, and, but it's tough because you're probably in a situation like if you want to place an implant, you're like, damn, 
I got to buy an implant kit. What implant kit do I buy? I'm committed to them. Like, and, and you might not even use it. How many implants to buy? So you got to be real methodical and strategic about it. Uh, in this online implant course, I kind of have like, I have like 10 homework assignments basically. Yeah. And it takes you from like, you know, not placing an implant to like, hopefully ready to take the leap to place an implant. And so like in a nutshell, I think what you should do is one, get a, um, get a surgical model, right? Like one of those sawdust models, but get the one that has the gums on it. That one's like a, uh, it's got like a rubber gums. Yeah. Um, and so get that, you can buy it for 30 bucks. Uh, I think the website's like sabra, sabradent.com, something like that. Uh, get that and you can practice your flaps, uh, on that. Yeah. Practice implant sequence on that. And you probably, if you're trying to learn, you probably don't own your own implant instruments. So you got to contact your implant rep, call them and say, Hey, I want to test out your, your implant stuff. So block out an afternoon for them to come to your office and you can just practice, you know, place as many freaking implants as you can on that model and get you their system and don't commit to them yet. Right. Don't commit to that company yet. Call another implant rep and then try out their system. I would try out three different implant reps. Okay, try different three different companies. Yeah, so and then and then you, you got experience with all those companies now and you've and you've, you know, if a patient asks you, you can tell them I placed like 45 implants already <laughs> on a model. They don't have to know it's a model. Yeah, or a, or a pig's jaw or something. <laughs> yeah, but you you've you've actually had a, a pretty good uh, experience of practicing now on placing implants. But on that, I would practice on skinny sites, on big sites. I would practice immediates, you know, practice all those things. And yeah. that, that's something that I kind of like, you know, hold your hand through on that, on, on the online course. Yeah, that's perfect. I think that's what, I mean, that's, that's pretty valuable to have someone who does it day in, day out, kind of break it down like practical tips so you can watch three or four minutes on a certain topic, but also you can have the whole workflow if you want to start go from, like, from start to finish to kind of learn that. Um, that was a great I think tip. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Just before I forget, yeah. I think you got to start on number thirty and number or number nineteen. If you're That's right-handed, start on number thirty. If you're left-handed, start on number nineteen. Those are like the easiest implant sites ever. Like yeah. you will be done in thirty minutes. Like you, you'll get so fast, you'll be done with your PhD in thirty minutes. <laughs> so it's I'm trying. To, I'm trying to. So I mean, the U.S. is like on the uh, U.S. tooth numbering system. So thirty is bottom second sorry. more. First molar? Yeah, first molar, yeah. So if you're right-handed, do the do the um, lower right, four six. Yeah. Four <laughs> six three six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just because those are the easiest ones. Yeah, there's there's a lot of bone there. Um, obviously not an immediate, right? You would extract it, graft I it. Do immediate, yeah. yeah. As my first one, I would wait. Yeah. 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 A, little bit, a little bit more challenging. Okay, perfect. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about the book as well. So I, I guess did you start off with the book? Is that your first sort of foyer into like like teaching and then now the online's coming along or um so i started doing like hands-on training first like right at my residency yeah you know, some of my friends were like hey man you just you just finished your residency like why are you doing these classes that's kind of weird um mm-hmm. but honestly um you know placing an implant is not complicated yeah right? it's really not like it's like technical and if you know the technique then you can do it um and so I felt pretty comfortable with teaching like very simple implant placement techniques. So that's what I started with. Yeah. And um, the book was something that I've re- I really enjoy full arch treatments. Uh, that's something that was like my favorite thing to do in residency. Uh, now that I'm in my own business, I kind of have a slightly different perspective now. I'm like a business owner. And so as a yeah. business owner, you want to do what's 
the easiest, most predictable thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, single implants are like, you know, are, are bread and butter. They're, they're you know, they're cake. So yeah. I would I love that. But anyway, I, I really liked full arch, um, full arch implants and there was no good resource out there. Yeah. And so I was like, this is, this is terrible. Like somebody in dental school needs to know how to do this. And they, they were telling me in dental school, I should just YouTube it. Like when I asked, asked my teachers, they're like, Oh, just YouTube. <laughs> so yeah. I, just, I needed to make something useful for myself and for my co-residents. And that kind of evolved into the book. Awesome. So you have to get a copy of that. And um, so I'll kind of move on a little bit. Um, I like to, I mean, with this, with this podcast, um, it is a little bit clinical. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, maybe if we just spend a few minutes, uh, just maybe like a workflow. So a patient walks in, um, number 30 is infected and it's cracked and you got to take it out. Can you just quickly, obviously, I know you, there's a lot of work that goes into it, but kind of break up like how you, you know, do your initial workup, what you're looking at in terms of like if the suitability for an implant site, uh, the imaging you order, and then kind of the treatment plan that goes in place before you actually like, extract and, and do the work that needs to be done. That'd be great. Okay, sure. So that's a lot of stuff there, man. <laughs> Give me one second. So... All right, so you're saying somebody comes in with an infected tooth? Like 230, they've come in, it's hopeless, it's got to be extracted, um, and they're interested in implants. And I just want to see your thought process and your workflow from like start to finish. Sure, okay. All right, so this is like obviously, like this happens every day. They're like yeah. every, every consult day, someone comes yeah. in with an infected tooth. All right, my number one tip that I, I wish I knew when I first started yeah. is like don't be like gung-ho dentist super dentist right off the bat right yeah when i first started my practice someone walks in with infected tooth i'm like yes i'm gonna <laughs> pull that sucker right now that's <laughs> yeah, production yeah no i would not do that so now now i got a different perspective mm-hmm. uh predictability is key predictability yeah. that's like that's my number one thing um so all right somebody walks in with an infected tooth we do a consultation no matter what Every single patient that we get follows our workflow, our like our streamlined workflow, like like McDonald's, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, it has to be. Yeah. I, I like to pride us, pride ourselves on quality, and we you know we do a really good job, and we spend a lot of time with our patients, but they got to follow the the work the right workflow. So yeah. someone that comes in with an infected tooth, first thing they, they we have a consultation. And I'm actually not involved in the initial part of the consultation. Okay, actually, my nice. assistant is. We have like a consultant. He's like super well-trained. Yeah. And he talks to the patient, evaluates them, kind of figures out the history, figures out the red flags. And um, there's a lot of potential red flags out there, man. So yeah. um, not everyone um, is going to be seen by me. I, I turn away like half of my patients. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so if that patient uh, kind of, uh, passes the, that, that part, you know, you know, that little, uh, fit test. We take an x-ray out, I'll take a panel. Yeah. My, my assistant talks to me. He says, Hey doc, the patient wants this, this, and that. I think, um, their, you know, their most important thing is, um, getting out of pain and, um, they seem like a nice person. Okay. Then I'll go ahead and see the patient. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. So can you just, just for value sake, um, what's some of these red flags? Is it, uh, patients who, you're worried that no matter what you do, they're not going to be happy. Is it patients that uh, come in complaining about it? Old dentists, like, oh, they did a root canal and it failed. So they're like more prone to like complaining or, or elevating things that yeah. were, they shouldn't So I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, so it's actually, I, I put it all in the online course too. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Here, let me just scroll to the thing. It says, list of deal breakers and red flags. Yeah. All right, so like a quick reference. I'm just going to read it off to you, okay? That'd be awesome, man. Thanks. 
So the deal breakers, here are the deal breakers. If any patient has this, I will not treat them. Yeah. So first one, drug abuser. They, uh, I've had patients that lie about it. They tell me, and then the pharmacy calls and they say, oh no, this patient has too many medications. I won't mess around with any drug abusers because they're not predictable and I'm all about predictability. Yeah. I might not be able to handle their pain either. They might, uh, they might not really have too much benefit from the pain medications they give me. Yeah. All right, any patient that's involved in a lawsuit, I will also not treat them. That's whether they're suing their previous dentist or if they um, they got their money back from their previous dentist. Yeah. Uh, it happens all the time. <clears throat> or I've, I've had other patients that say, hey, I'm going to sue the government. And then I'll have <laughs> to pay. No, forget that. I'm not, I'm not going to do with those guys. Yeah, you don't want the headache. <laughs> no. Another one is a patient that complained to the dental board. Yeah. And so that's somebody who's jumped through all the hoops already to, to file a complaint against a dentist. And that somebody is very motivated to like um, – to to get their way. Yeah. And um, they might be a nice person, but I'm not going to treat them. Yeah. Um, and these, these next two, they're not the patient's fault, but uh, anybody who's had IV bisphosphonates, yeah. uh, I'm not going to do implants on them because they're, you know, they're probably not a good candidate for implants. And another one is a patient that wants implants in the mandible, but they've had radiation above 55 grays in that area. Okay. So those are all the deal breakers. Yeah. And now I'll, I'm sorry, I'm kind of long-winded about this. No, no, that's, that's exactly what I was hoping for. So that's great. So some of the, the red flags are the person's not right. Something they're either going to be more prone to complaining. They're going to be they're going to be a headache for you. So you kind of it's better to just avoid that. Um, yes. And the last two is just medical. That's fair enough. I guess like you just it's not going to yeah. be predictable. But so, so what I just told you actually those are deal breakers. So they're not even yeah. red flags. They're like if it happens, they're out. But yeah. the red flags are if they say they want their teeth to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, if they're a smoker, if they have poor health, if they kind of have a bad vibe, <laughs> I yeah. don't know how else to say that. Yeah. If they're looking for like the cheapest thing, if they're um, if they're depressed, um, if they got a refund from a previous dentist, or if they talk so much that they don't let you like explain treatment to them. So those are all like what I call red flags. That means like if they have like three red flags, then I might not treat them. Yeah. Uh, those are all like things that I just look out for. They that's might be. That's great. And that's I think that's applicable to like any procedure like in dentistry that you can do right if you see a patient come into your office with an emergency and if you know like if you start a procedure on someone you're uncomfortable with if anything goes wrong then that's going to go sour pretty quick so it's better to avoid it yeah for sure man uh, like i always think like am i going to think about this before i go to bed yeah and if, <laughs> that's if good one. yes then nope i'm not going to do it or i'm going to modify my treatment like this morning actually i did an extraction and uh, I was going to do an immediate implant. I was going to do like a socket shield. Yeah. And so um, it, it was kind of like borderline and the patient was a little bit uncomfortable. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to graft it and come back another day, place the implants in 30 minutes and it'll be a piece of cake. I'll yeah. sleep better at night. More predictable. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I do that more now than I did before. Before I was like, no, let's do immediates. That's like the fanciest stuff. And I'm like, I thought I was so cool doing all this fancy <laughs> stuff. But the coolest thing is just to be predictable and safe and do a good job. Yeah. Hustle-free life. Why not? All right. So you, you take the pan, uh, your assistant, you, I mean, they've gone through all the screening. Everything's okay. Um, so you finally come in and meet the patient. So if you can just take it from there. Sure. Yeah. I meet the patient. Um, uh, I always make sure to look at the patient's name first. Yeah. I don't know how many times like before I've walked in and I don't know the patient's name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I you know, take my time address the patient by their name. All the dentist, all I do is just come up with their treatment plan. So I just like take a look intraorally 
and I make a treatment plan and I can make them pretty quick. It takes me five minutes usually yeah. to make a treatment plan. Uh, sometimes if it's more involved, it might take me longer or I might reschedule them. Yeah. But uh, usually I'll do a quick exam and just talk to them for 10, 15 minutes. And then I go to my financial coordinator and say, we're, we're doing, uh, you know, bone graft and implant. And then they, they print out the treatment and the patient finishes with the, the financial coordinator and they just kind of close the case, you know, get the patient to accept treatment, uh, yeah. pick a date and make a payment. And that's something that's unique about our practice. We're, we're fee for service, but not only that, but we, uh, we collect everything beforehand. Yeah. So everything's paid. Beforehand. Do you do like a CV? Do you have a CVCT in your office? Uh, in the treatment planning steps or do you do is that something that you don't routinely do just for like a single site with like uh just use a um, pain I, for that or i pretty much do it for everybody yeah i pretty much do um coding for everybody they don't they don't pay for it but yeah. i don't take it until they accept treatment okay so if they accept treatment then we we send them across the street to get a cone beam and it's it's for free yeah and then i use that as a reference for my for my implant you know surgical yeah. plan Okay, cool. Um, so the patient comes back on the day, um, or do you? Know, I guess do you extract the tooth beforehand, right, and let it heal? I guess depending uh, on what your plan yeah, is. Yeah, so, so yeah, once they accept treatment, then we write prescriptions, send them home with the prescription. They pick up the prescription before they come. Yeah. Then on the day of, they come, or we, if they accept treatment, we take impressions too. So yeah. for the state book. Okay. And I, I'll extract the tooth. If it's infected, sometimes it's a real pain in the butt to get numb. Yeah. And so you always got to tell them beforehand, like I stress it beforehand. I'm like, you're going to feel uncomfortable. I'm sorry. It's an infected tooth. I'll do the best I can. Mm -hmm. And I tell them about the state, about the flipper too. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell them, okay, it's going to have some clasps on it. You won't like it. Um, you won't like it. I kind of emphasize that. And then when they're okay with it, you know, then great. Yeah. Um, but the flipper has been like the most predictable thing for my practice. It's very predictable. It always fits. It's you know, cleansable. And so, you know, they're not popular, but I yeah. like to do that. Yeah. So anyway, extract the tooth, graft, and then put the flipper, and then they come back in four months to place the implant. Thanks. If I can, I'll do it immediate if it's predictable, if I can, yeah. if I feel like I can do a good job. Okay. That's pretty cool. And I guess the patient's committed to the cost either way. So you can take the tooth out, see what the, what things are looking like, and then just tell them, you know what, I'll place it now, or I'll bring you back in four months and do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. That's the key to collecting everything beforehand. That yeah. way, the doctor is out of it. The doctor yeah. is like just focused on doing a good job. That's it. Yeah. Not like stopping mid procedure and say, Hey, do you want to pay for the implant right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be extra this much. Like, is it okay? And they're like, what? Like, yeah. okay. That, yeah. That's so lame. Yeah. No, you just got to collect beforehand. And you know, people that want good quality, they, they tend to understand that they got to pay for it. Yeah. And, and, um, and there's honestly, there's like no exceptions for, you know, for our practice. Yeah. And I think it's good. You've, you've kind of set your, the way you want to practice early on. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, you, when you grow, um, it'll be with the patients you want, with the type of procedures you want. Uh, so maybe a bit, maybe slower up front initially, but I think in the long term, you're probably much happier and, and more fulfilled doing it the way you are. So that's awesome, man. Thanks a lot for that. So, so the biggest tips I think that you gave me today, I think I'll go away. And if you can maybe send me these later on, so I'll put them in the show notes, um, sure. to get, to get the surgical models around 30 bucks, um, we can contact some local reps. So they'll come by with like a motor and all the, the components and everything and kind of just talk you through it. Is that how it usually works? Um, if you ask them to, they're trying to sell you stuff. Yeah. So, you know, you know, get as much stuff as you can out of it. Yeah. That's perfect. I think that's a great tip. Um, all right. So when, when, uh, when is your course available? Is it, is it finished now and ready to go or is it pretty soon or? Uh, pretty soon, man, probably within a month. I'm actually going to be exhibiting at the California Dental Association. Nice. Like, uh, conference. Yeah. 
And so I got to finish it before the, uh, before <laughs> the conference. Right now I have like 60% of the content like uploaded and we're just doing like some beta testing, yeah. you know, just filling it out, see if I could make anything better. Cause I'm one weird thing about uh, online classes is like, you know, the human touch yeah. element, you know, I want to make sure it feels like, you know, like something helpful. Like it feels like I'm there, like we're, you know, we're in it together. We're helping you. Um, I don't want it to just be like something static that um, it, it feels like. Yeah. Like, and is yeah, there, think, um, yeah. Is there, is there access to like you or like other instructors if like, say if I take the course and I have a question, um, is there like some like mentorship available through that somehow, or have you integrated that at all? Yeah, I, I think that probably the best way to do that. And I've been thinking about this for all the best way to do that is through like a study club that's affiliated, like a kind of attached to that. Yeah. So like an ongoing thing, you know, uh, it's not uncommon to pay thousand or $2,000 for a study club a year. Yeah. And um, I honestly don't know how much benefit I personally get out of the study clubs that I'm part of. You know, I meet, I hear, I listen to a lecture that might not be relevant to me. Um, yeah. And so I think like an online study club would be the best way to do it because you have access. That's not like regionally limited Yeah. and always like reach out online. So uh, we're thinking about doing it that way. Uh, for the online course. So that's not part of like the actual the online course. I'm trying to just get this out as a useful resource and then incorporate the study club into it. I like it. Uh, yeah. Separate thing. Yeah. It'll grow. Yeah. It'll come naturally. And um, do you, have you decided just so for listeners who are listening who might be interested, um, do you have like a price point? Is it like a annual subscription thing or is it just used by the course and you have access to it for? Uh, yeah, it's just a one-time payment. It's you buy it, you have it forever. So okay. I'm not sure if the price point is going to be between six fifty to five fifty, yeah. something like that. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah that's, a good, that's a great deal. Well, kind of compared to the other ones that are out there that are like, like you know two grand, fifteen hundred or something. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, that's cool. And I think it's, I mean, now that I've moved, I mean, when I was in, even in Toronto, in Canada, I was like, there's so much action going on in the U S and there's so many courses and stuff. So I was like, Oh man, I'm like missing out a little bit. Like being in Canada is not as much (laughs) now that I'm in Australia. It's like, like, I'm like on the other side of the the world. Like it's hard to kind of get to these things. So online is so valuable for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think, I think I'll definitely be recommending this one. I'll definitely get onto it. Um, cause I, I like implants. I think it's time that more and more people, should do it, but they should do it safely. Like you said, I don't want to be the gung-ho person who kind of goes in and, and a couple <laughs> years from now, everything's falling out, everything's failing. Um, it's not good for you. It's not good for the patient. Like no one wins in that situation. So I think when I started, when I first started working, I was actually moonlighting during my residency. I was placing yeah. implants like out, you know, after hours. Yeah. And, uh, when I graduated, I think I was a little bit more gung-ho than I should have been. Yeah. Uh, and so you learn by making mistakes and those were my mistakes and it's better to learn from other people's mistakes. Right. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So I would just, you know, take it a little bit, just a little bit slower, make sure, you know, you feel comfortable with what you're doing. Yeah. Perfect. So what I like to do with these things, um, first of all, I think, thanks a lot for the chat, a lot of valuable information, a lot of good takeaways. I've been taking some notes here, so, um, I'll definitely, you know, add everything up to the show notes so people can uh, follow it up later. Uh, what I've been doing for the past few episodes is just kind of end off on a little fun uh, rapid fire. So I'll ask you a couple of quick questions um, and then we'll wrap it up from there. So that what sounds is, good. Yeah. yeah but, <laughs> so what is your uh, favorite sports team? Favorite sports team? Uh, Wolverines, Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> um, just any other sports, uh, any of Michigan's uh, teams. Yeah. yeah. Their athletics is pretty strong, um, they, the Wolverines. Yeah, they are. And they, they've gotten better since, since Harbaugh has been there. And uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've watched their, um, 
their documentary on Amazon. It's it's pretty cool actually. Oh, yeah, see I haven't checked it out. I'll watch it on yeah, Amazon Video, right? Yeah. yeah. On Amazon Video, yeah. But otherwise, I don't watch sports. Honestly, I don't. I honestly don't have time for anything. That's good, any- man. That's why you're so productive in the rest of your life. <laughs> I, I waste so much time watching sports, but I always wonder like where I'll be in life if I didn't watch sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I forgot to mention with the Michigan, like, um, have you seen like all those old videos on like Michigan Dental School, like yeah. on YouTube? Man, I learned yeah. so much, like the dental anatomy, like all this, like they did, did have so much great content on there. It's those like, guys like 20 years ago were like the pioneers. <laughs> unbelievable, man. Like it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. So what is your uh, favorite Instagram account to follow? Uh, my favorite Instagram. I like, uh, Dr. Sonata's account. Yeah. This is pretty awesome. Um, I like another one, uh, Danny Morelli. It's not dental related. It's just like, kind of like motivational. It's, motivational. it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Morelli. I'll look that one up yeah. too. Danny Morel. He's like, he's like the Mexican Tony Robbins or something. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, what advice would you give your fourth year dental student self or final year dental student self if you can go back? All right. Uh, I got, I got, a got a couple of, well, I got, I got two tips for that. Yeah. All right. First thing, um, I made my website, like I made my practice website before I had a practice. Nice. So like if you're listening to this and you're in school, make your practice website like right now, even if you don't know if you're going to have a practice or not, Yeah. Uh, make your, make your like, you know, your dental website beforehand because Google will keep it in its sandbox for, you know, I don't know how long, a year or two years before you actually start ranking. And so yeah. I made mine three years before having my practice. And so that That's means so before I even started my practice, I was getting walk-ins for, you know, for all on four because I made text that was all in four relevant. Yeah. And so that was a huge practice builder for me, you know, starting my business with getting like a $40,000 case coming in the door. That's like my, that's my business loan right there. Yeah. Um, and I'm the kind of guy that kind of does like, like I was telling you, I, I find ways to bend the rules and I would suggest for anybody to do that. Like when I was applying to dental school, I submitted my application and like I was supposed to hear back already. Right. So I, I called uh, and said, Hey, uh, you know, I submitted my apps. Um, I, I made sure to get the lady's name. Let's just call her Jane. Yeah. And she's like, okay, so if you, if you get an interview, we'll, we'll be calling on Wednesday to schedule it. If you get an interview. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, thanks Jane. And then, so Wednesday comes around and I call in the morning. I'm like, Hey, Jane said that I'll be getting a call today to schedule my interview. <laughs> And then the lady's like, oh, really? Okay, I guess we can schedule it right now. Um, and so, I mean, my grades were really good. I was really, really good. Uh, yeah. Student. But, um, but hey, I don't, I don't know if that helped. It might have. Yeah. But just stuff like that. That's so good, man. So you, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a pattern with you, right? Like you make, you will things. Like you open your practice website before you even have a practice. So you're putting it into existence. Uh, Michigan, you just go out there and, and kind of hustle your way into the program. I mean, not to say that you wouldn't have achieved all these things without, but you kind of made sure you get there, right? Um, hey man, those- I mean, even if I wasn't, uh, even if I wasn't the best candidate in either case, like you got to stand out somehow. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And the uh, final question in the rapid fire is, uh, what is your uh, morning routine? My morning routine, um, I try to get up before the baby wakes up so I can like actually like brush my teeth and stuff. Yeah. Uh, get up at 6 30 i um put on some coffee on my keurig work on my uh on my course uh, my uh, online course 
for about 45 minutes, yeah. write in my journal for like uh, 15 minutes. I, I keep a journal. It's like an internal dialogue with myself. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's a great habit. Yeah, really great habit. I kind of fell fell out of the habit for like the first year that my daughter was born because like she would literally come up and rip my journal or like grab my pen. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it. That's awesome. I appreciate it. And uh, any final plugs or anything that uh, you want to put out there for the listeners? Plugs. Um, I don't really got a plug, man, but um, I'll tell you what. I'm, I got something that I'm especially proud of. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those escape rooms. Yeah. Like you get put into a room and yeah, you got to like, great, yeah. yeah, there's like, there was one the other night. It was like a, like a week ago or something. There's like some gas that's coming out of the ceiling. Like you have a, t- it counts down two minutes and you yeah. got to figure out how to turn off the gas. Yeah. How to, so that you, the poison gas doesn't come out and you got to be holding a button uh, the whole time. So your, your arm is like tied to one part of the room and you got to like find a button. Yeah. You got to find out how to get out. And so the lady is like, all right, if the gas, like your goal is to disable the gas yeah. and as long as it doesn't come out, you win. And so there's like a whole bunch of crap you got to do. You got to like unlock the secret code. You got to like plug in these things and all this nonsense. I saw that there was a power plug to the <laughs> gas and I was like, I like, I just reached up. Like I saw it from the outside actually. Yeah. And I came in, I was like, I kind of memorized where that plug was. I just reached my hand over and unplugged it. Yeah. And then the lady's like, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the lady's like, that's not the point of the game, but I guess you win. So. Yeah. So like, yeah, do stuff like that because yeah. like unconventional ways will, will, will that, that's how you win. Cheat the system. Yeah. <laughs> system. Yeah. But no, no, no plugs, man. Just uh, yeah. happy to be on the show with you. I appreciate it. Really that was great. You're a great guy. You're a great uh, dentist to look up to. You're doing a lot of great things. Um, so I'll talk to you afterwards. If you can just send me through the links for all your uh, courses and everything, I'll put it up in the show notes. Um, and once it's live, uh, uh, we'll put a post out there as well. So people know about it. So, um, I'll definitely okay. be joining up. Um, and I think, yeah, I'm excited to go on the journey. I'm excited for that, the idea you gave me with the model and, um, uh, contacting the local reps and getting them in and mm-hmm. kind of testing out some different things. That'd be, that'd be, I think that's a great way to go about it. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped about this, man. I'm, I'm putting, putting work in every single day and trying to just finish it up. Uh, yeah, I hope you guys will like it's it. It's a big endeavor, man. I'm, it's really impressive. And I think it's going to be successful. And, and just the fact that, uh, obviously like it's a business for you, but the value that you're going to provide to people, it's, it's pretty, pretty special. So I think that's something they can look back on later on and be pretty proud that like, yeah, I did that. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Hopefully we'll, we'll get you back on in a, in a little bit once everything's gone live and we'll follow up and see how things are going. Sounds good. And I think it's right on, right on time too. My wife's calling me. She's picking yeah. me up. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, man. Have a good one. Take care. All right, All right brother. See ya.